1: everyone and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Brack, and today we have dentist Dr. Laurel Linetsky Fleischer on the program with some great and blissful information. Also on the program, nutritionist, weight loss and anti-aging specialist Ara Wiseman on the show. And singing us out of the program today, our featured artist this week, Jonah Fleischer. All of this coming up and more, but first, let's meet our first guest, Dr. Laurel Linetsky-Fleischer. Did you know that a study from the University of Tromsø in Norway found that those who practice good oral hygiene tend to be happier overall? Love that. And I also love that I have here today in the studio dentist, Dr. Laurel Linetsky-Fleischer on the program to talk all about happiness and dental health. Dr. Laura linetsky Fleischer received her Bachelor of Science degree in biology from the University of Western and her Doctor of Dental Surgery degree from the University of Toronto. And since then, she completed also a dental internship program at Toronto Western Hospital. And she's been practicing dentistry for over 25 years now and is passionate about her work and her patients. Dr. Lynetsky Fleischer also held a part-time associates in dentistry teaching position in the Faculty of Dentistry at the University of Toronto in the second year periodontal recall program, where she taught students how to conduct exams for a number of years after graduating. She was also, and this was fabulous, and I remember this very well, the guest dental expert on CBC's The Stephen and Chris Show for four seasons. She takes numerous continuing education classes, and she's a longstanding member of the Toronto Crown and Bridge Study Club. Additionally, she holds a leadership position for Alpha Omega Dental Society, and in fact, she's just become the president, congratulations, for the 2021-2022 year. She also co-chairs the Venture Sinai Program at Sinai Health Foundation, which raises funds for much-needed research at the Lunenfeld Tannenbaum Research Institute, LTRI. And she was also on the board of Jacob's Ladder, the Canadian Foundation for Control of Neurodegenerative Disease for 18 years until the charity closed its doors in December of 2019. She chaired the Prep Parents Organization for Upper Canada College. She's happily married to Danny and they have four sons, Zach, Brandon, Sammy and Jonah and a miniature red poodle named Zoe. She spends her downtime whenever she can up north in Muskoka with her family. And her favorite aspect of the job is working with people and helping them to achieve optimal oral health in a friendly stress-free and caring environment. Dr. Laurel, hi and welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, thank you so much. That was a beautiful intro. So great to have you and so impressive all that you've accomplished. And I should also say, because I know Dr. Laurel, she is the most organized person you ever (laughs) want to meet because you couldn't do this kind of schedule if you weren't super organized. So, Dr. Laurel, we were having a conversation before this interview and talking about many people myself included, I'll admit, who have been a little bit reluctant to go to the dentist in the past year during COVID. And my producer, Siobhan, just said that when she has gone to the dentist in the last year, that she noticed that they were being very conscientious, all masked and garbed, and that you had to rinse with this special antibacterial rinse for a minute before you even sat down in the chair. And they didn't use any of the cleaning methods that would cause water spray into the room. What do you want to say to our listeners who have been avoiding the dentist and what can you tell them about the safeguards that are in place now to make people feel more protected?
2: It's a good question. I would say probably the dental office is the safest place you could be in or a hospital right now. Um, we have lots of new safeguards that have come about since COVID. We have HEPA filters in every single room that clear the air. we I have such a garb on. I, I always wear a mask and I always wear my loops, but I've got a shield on. We're all wearing gowns today. All of our rooms are closed off so that... Um, any aerosol spray stays in the room and then it will lower and we clean it. We leave a certain amount of time in between patients to make sure that the room was clean for the next patient. And I think that even after COVID ends, we will continue to practice this way. Like I'm so used to it now. At the beginning, I felt like I was an astronaut in a like a crazy getup. And now <laughs> I can't imagine practicing without it. An interesting note is there hasn't been one transmission of COVID in a dental office in all of Canada, since the beginning, which is, you know, a wonderful thing to understand and know, it really is a safe place to be.
1: That's so great. Okay, I'll make an appointment. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) What, um, what about you? Did you ever feel at the very beginning? Did you ever feel unsafe at the beginning of COVID since you're in people's mouths, as it were? Like at the very beginning, I'm talking March 2020. Did you feel a little funny?
2: Um, You know, it's funny because I didn't, because I do feel like we really sterilize everything, even before COVID. Every single instrument that we use is sterilized and every surface is wiped down. It is so clean. It's like being in an operating room, a little mini dental operating room. So I actually didn't, but I understand that there were certainly people that did feel um, nervous about working in that environment. I was uh, so happy to go back because our offices were closed for three months and it was just, it's such a pleasure. It was my only place that I could actually see people was in the dental office because I was spending a lot of alone time or just me and my family. So I loved it. But I didn't have that anxiety because I really felt quite protected.
1: That's so fantastic. Why is dental hygiene so important and how often should we be going to the dentist?
2: It's based on the individual. I would say that kids can come to the dentist every six months and get their teeth cleaned every six months. But adults and especially people, um, I would say... 40 and over should really be coming every three to four months. Um, depending on what your home care is, it's, there's so many reasons why dental hygiene is so, so important. But think about what's happening now with COVID and you're sitting and wearing a mask. And so you're breathing into your mask and you want to make sure your breath is good and that bacteria that level of bacteria is low so that you don't end up breaking out under the mask. You've heard that word mask me. So you want to make sure you're (laughs) keeping things nice and clean. Making your gums nice and healthy is like, I always say gums are like a frame for a picture. You can have the most gorgeous picture. You can have beautiful teeth. But if the frame that that picture is in is not looking good or it's torn or it's ripped or it's falling apart, somehow that gorgeous picture doesn't look so good. And that's what the gums are. They're like a frame for the teeth. So you can have beautiful teeth, but if your gums are not healthy and they're red and they're swollen and they're bleeding, things don't look so good.
1: So of course, going to the dentist is the first step because they'll do a really good workup on your gums. But what are some of the things that people can do at home to promote healthy gums?
2: Okay, my favorite. Like, If you learn anything from me today, it's flossing. I say to all my patients, only floss the teeth you want to keep. There is nothing more important than flossing. You only need to floss once a day. That's at night. And you need to floss first and then brush your teeth so that that way when you're flossing, if a little piece of food comes out and plops onto your teeth, you then brush it off. You make sure that you leave space for that toothbrush to get in instead of doing it the other way around. Um, so flossing is number one best thing you can do if you have had a history of cavities in your mouth the other thing you can do is use a fluoride rinse which you can buy at shoppers drug mart any make is okay it's 0.05 percent is the amount that you want in the fluoride rinse and it's important um, to note that if you do use a fluoride rinse you don't want to rinse that with water after you want to make sure that fluoride sort of sits on your teeth and then you go to bed because if you rinse that with water then It won't.
1: It's all for naught. Yeah, you'll you'll undo the work that you've done. That's so interesting. So, how often should we be brushing our teeth a day? Should it be after every meal? Like, what do you really say to people?
2: So, like, ideally, you want to brush your teeth twice a day you want morning and night and if you feel that you know you're a person that gets food stuck in between their teeth during the middle of the day or your mouth is not feeling great and you're home you're working from home and you want to brush the third time you can but you can brush too much so you have to be careful to make sure you're using a soft toothbrush you don't want to be scrubbing your teeth that's number one you want to use a soft head and ideally I would say two. if you feel like your mouth is not feeling great another really good trick is to chew sugarless gum so sugarless gum stimulates saliva, which helps clean off our teeth. Sugar gum, horrible, bad. Don't chew sugar <laughs> gum at all, ever. But sugarless <laughs> gum is fabulous, and it's a good tool. So if you're just having lunch, you're going to a meeting, and you're meeting with people, and you feel like, you know what, I need to clean things up a bit, throw in a piece of sugarless gum.
1: Bad breath. This is a very serious thing for a lot of people, and so gum to me would be one of the thoughts. But what are some of the things that you suggest uh, for people Really great dental health. And, and uh, if you have a problem with your breath.
2: So the bacteria that cause bad breath live at the backs of our tongue. So I suggest to everyone that thinks um, that they may have a breath problem is to clean their tongues every single time you brush your teeth. We have a tongue scraper that we give out at our office. You can probably buy them also in the drugstore. It's a long um, plastic stick that's sort of serrated on either end. You turn it into the shape of an upside-down U. You stick your tongue out and you scrape down, rinse it off, scrape down again. If you have a tongue scraper, you ever used one you know what comes off and you will never not use it again. <laughs> if you're flossing every single night and you're brushing twice a day and you're cleaning your tongue, you, that's 90% of bad breath is from the oral cavity. 10% is from the gut, which dentists can't control. But for that 90% that we can, it's all about flossing, brushing twice a day. And that new trick is to clean your tongue. That's a
1: game changer. That's fantastic. You're so knowledgeable. I know I, I should have asked you all of these questions in the past. They're driving. <laughs> so if we want to correct our teeth, there's so much new stuff now, but Invisalign, what are your thoughts on Invisalign and how long does it take and what is involved?
2: So Invisalign actually is, I think, wonderful. I don't actually do Invisalign in my office per se, but my partner does. She does Invisalign. I send my patients to an orthodontist. The beauty of Invisalign is that you can't really see it. Unless unless I'm looking at someone as a dentist, it's a clear plastic aligner. You wear them 23 out of 24 hours a day. Um, We put little tiny buttons on the teeth. You pop in those aligners and it straightens things. The aligners are normally changed every two weeks. I think it is a wonderful thing for an older adult to use if you don't want braces. Braces are wonderful and they move things really well. And teenagers are the right sort of market for braces. And if you're not... If you feel like you want to straighten your teeth, but you don't want everyone else to see, the best thing to do is see if you're a
1: candidate for Invisalign. Wow, that's fantastic. What about whitening strips, good or bad?
2: So um, it's funny because I did a whole segment on the Stephen and Chris show about whitening. So I've tried the Crest White Strips myself. I would say the first thing that I would suggest to anyone that wants to whiten their teeth at the beginning, is to use a whitening toothpaste. Like, just go get Crest, Colgate, anything on, like, from the drugstore that's whitening. Start there. If you feel that that doesn't do anything, I've used the strips myself. And I do like them. They work, the Crest white strips. But you need to actually have straight teeth for them to work because it's a piece of tape. So you're going to put the tape around your teeth. So if your teeth are crowded and not in a straight line, it's hard to cover all the teeth. And if Mm. the tape is touching all the teeth, you're not going to whiten the areas that aren't being touched. The other thing is you want to make sure if you're using those Crest White Strips that you're not putting the tape on your gums because the material can actually eat away your gums. They'll heal, but you want to make sure that that tape is sitting at the level of where your teeth just come out of the gums. So I do like them. You have to wear them for up to 14 days. So it's not ideal, but it's financially feasible and they do work if you've got straight
1: teeth. That's fantastic. People are doing a lot of orthodontics at home. I'm not going to name all the companies. I don't know if we're allowed to do that on the radio, but there's these teeth whitening kits and UV lights. And is all this stuff legit?
2: I would not recommend doing orthodontics at home by yourself where it comes in a kit. There's lots of things that can go wrong, especially with orthodontics. You want to make sure that a dentist or an orthodontist is actually overseeing your care. Um, I think that I would not take the risk. I wouldn't take the risk of even... The home whitening kits is what you're talking about. Sometimes there's people that will come into the house that aren't a dental professional doing them. I wouldn't recommend that either. We do whitening in our office, which I love. And it's in one hour and it can whiten your teeth up to four shades. So for someone that may not want to do the white strips, it doesn't want to devote an hour a day for two weeks to do the white strips. Another option um, would be the in-office whitening, which I happen to love. And I do it myself.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Teledentistry has really taken off in the past year. What is this exactly and how does it work?
2: Oh, I love it! Um, so this is new for us. That's if the patient is not necessarily near our office, or they're you know away on holiday, or someone doesn't want to come in because of COVID. They can call us as like on Zoom and send pictures to us so that we can actually see what's going on. It's it almost can get rid of the consult in some situations. So I just had a patient the other day. We took out four teeth, and it was a young boy. He was 13, and I said to the mom yesterday, I said, "How's he doing? Can you do me a favor? Just take a picture of the socket." on the bottom right. I want to see how that's doing. She sent a picture. I said, it looks fabulous. Otherwise, if we didn't have that, he would have had to come into the office. That's fantastic. So it's a time saver. I actually love it.
1: That's so cool. So there's this new word I keep hearing about in doing the research for this show. And it's that the fact that there's charcoal in everything. You brush your teeth with charcoal. It evidently whitens your teeth. Is it healthy for your teeth enamel? Is it a quick fix? Or is it going to hurt you in the long run?
2: So charcoal. Um, I do not recommend charcoal. It's an abrasive, and that's how it's cleaning the teeth. Um, so it takes off extrinsic stain, which is stain on the outside of our teeth. We have there's two types of stain that we have. One is intrinsic, which is internal, uh, internal of the tooth, which is something like the in-office whitening will take care of, and the Crest White strips do as well. Charcoal doesn't do that. It only takes off the external stain, but it can, if you're using it on a daily basis, actually strip the enamel off your teeth, which is dangerous. And enamel is a super hard surface that protects the inner part of our tooth. And once it's gone, it's gone. So you can never get enamel back on your teeth. All the charcoal toothpaste right now that are, that I've Looked into, don't have fluoride in them, and fluoride is super important to keep your teeth nice and strong. They're not um, recommended. They don't have the seal of approval from the Canadian Dental Association or the American Dental Association. So we don't really know how much abrasive is in those toothpastes. Mm -hmm. The other thing about charcoal toothpaste that is bad is that they make a mess. So if you have a porcelain sink or a porcelain countertop or marble and you get that charcoal there, it can stain if you have any fillings in your mouth and as you get older we get little tiny hairline fractures in our teeth Mm -hmm. and the charcoal the darker the charcoal can get stuck in there so it may even cause staining especially around fillings if you have fillings in the front of your teeth i don't recommend it i'm not a fan
1: (laughs) thanks for that uh what is the latest in crowns these days and what about veneers and what's the difference
2: So a crown is something to protect a tooth that may have had a root canal or has a lot of breakdown. And we carve around the whole outside of the tooth. It's almost like putting a hat on your head. And so it really is reserved for teeth that need help staying together. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what And the question was, what is a veneer and what's the difference? Mm-hmm. A veneer is a front facing of your tooth. So we don't carve around the whole outside of the tooth. It's for people that may have teeth that are stained. Maybe they have tetracycline staining from taking antibiotics when they were younger. Or maybe they've got fluorosis or other white or dark spots on their teeth and they want to change the color of their teeth. Mm-hmm. So and, and the whitening may not work in those situations. Then you can take a very small, thin layer off the front of the teeth and you put a little face on that will change. The color. You can also, with very mild crowding, change the shape of teeth with veneers. That's great. You need to have a tooth that doesn't have fillings in it, though, to have a veneer. If there's lots of fillings, we don't like to place veneers because it has to sit on natural
1: tooth structure. Is it is it an expensive proposition of veneer? Like, what would be more expensive crowns or veneers, or are they about the same?
2: They're about the same, but it is an expensive proposition. But I mean, veneers today are stunning. If they're done properly, they can change someone's smile, and they're beautiful. The porcelain that we use today is, it's spectacular. It looks like a natural
1: tooth. That's so cool. So you've just started a new dental clinic, Laurel, and I know you're loving it. Can you tell us about it?
2: So I just moved um, right after COVID, uh, or sort of in the middle of COVID, and my new office is in Midtown Toronto. I'm you're young in Eglinton and i I love it. I'm working. My partner is one of my, uh, classmates from dental school at UT, but we have been friends since we were 12 years old. So we go back a long way and we have such a blast together and we both went to UT dental school. So we practice very similarly and the staff in the office are, I love them. We just have the most wonderful staff. A shout out to them and, um, some of our staff in our office are actually dentists from Columbia. So they have very high dental IQ and it's just a very well run office. It's beautiful. It sort of looks a bit like a spa.
1: <laughs> and, um, I'm, it's, it's very Zen and I love being there. I love it. That's so great. Laurel, you've said that I feel so blessed to have chosen a career that I'm so passionate about. I truly enjoy being at work, doing dentistry and interacting with my patients. Can you tell us more about what you love about what you do?
2: I think the, the thing about dentistry that I love the most is that it's a people profession. And so I have a relationship with my patients and I, I really love them. And for a long time, my practice was internal growth where I only took referrals from my own, uh, existing patients. Today, we're taking new patients. So if someone's looking for a dentist, we will take you. But for a very long time, I just took internal um, referrals. And um, so I had a practice that I loved. I love seeing families and kids grow. Um, and that's pro- and helping people. Dentistry is beautiful. If someone comes in with a problem, and for the most part, we can help them that day. They've broken a tooth, we can fix it. They have an infection, we can send them to the right place to deal with it. And so there's, I feel like I'm really doing a service for people, on which 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 is a feel it's a feel good profession. But the thing I really love about it the most is my patients. And it's very artistic, right? Dentistry is doing art with your hands. And I guess I really like that. I like making things beautiful. And I'm a crazy perfectionist. So it sort of fits in with my personality.
1: That's so fabulous. As you know, I'm a life coach and I do with most of my clients, uh, the bliss coaching wheel of life. And I'll never forget doing this bliss wheel. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a pie. Imagine a pie divided into eight wedges and each wedge represents another part of your life, like health and fitness, fun and recreation, romance, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I did this wheel of life on you, Laurel, Dr. Laurel for today. I was amazed because every answer in every one of the eight wedges was a 10 out of 10. When I asked you, how deeply satisfied are you with your family? 10, with friends, 10, health and fitness, 10, romance, on and on. So I guess I want to ask you, to what do you attribute your perfect 10 in terms of your overall happiness and well being?
2: I like, I do feel really lucky, and I do, um, I feel hmm like why why am I all tens it's hard to say I really
1: or, or or what would be your tips on how to bring that daily dose of happiness and positivity into your day because you just sort of do it naturally so it's probably hard for you because yeah, it's hard for you're not thinking about it but if you had to say to sort of have the laurel attitude what would you say you do and what advice do you have for other people on how to be more happy and more positive
2: I think probably for me, I'm there. I have a lot of gratitude for the people in my life and the things. and the people that surround me really, and I feel very lucky. So I look at things in an optimistic way where my glass is half full instead of half empty. There's always something good you can find. Someone once told me when my kids come home from school, the thing you should ask them is not how was your day, but what was the best part of your day? And I feel like we can always find goodness in everything we do. And it's really the way we choose, the lens we choose to look at life will end up Um, deciding for us how happy we may or may not be. So instead of, you know, listen, bad things happen to me a hundred percent. I'm not always in the best mood. I'm a normal person like everyone else, but I'm appreciative for everything. If there's a, a flower that grew in my garden that morning that will bring me joy and happiness instead of maybe something else that could have happened. I choose, happiness is a choice. I really believe that. You have to choose to be happy.
1: That's great. That's so wonderful. You've done a lot of giving back and we're not going to go through all of it because um, uh, uh, due to time, but I just want to say you were on the board for years uh, on Jacob's Ladder with the amazing Ellen Schwartz. Can you just tell us briefly about that period? Because you did this for many, many years.
2: Yeah, Ellen is such a delightful human being. Um, I was first introduced to Jacob's Ladder through um, the principal at my 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 four sons. But my first son, when he was in nursery school, uh, the principal introduced me to Jacob's Ladder and asked if I would be willing to help out. And I was a young mom at the time, and my second son is the same age as Ellen's son Jacob, where they were born the same time, and told me about it. And I and I was at the right place where I said, you know what, I'm ready to do charity work. Sure, I'd love to meet Ellen and I'd love to start doing work um with her and she's just a beautiful human being and I loved I was asked to be on the board a few years later and I loved it I loved my contribution to that my job was sort of being in charge of where to give away our philanthropic dollars so I went to Sick Kids and I had meetings there and we I was very instrumental in um Making sure that we, we built a pool at a community center in Thornhill. And I was very instrumental in having some sort of, uh, physical, uh, donation that would stay forever because we were donating a lot to charity, which we did. And I was helping to pick which projects at Sick Kids we donated to. I, I loved it. It was, it was very rewarding experience.
1: That's fantastic. You're also uh, involved in Alpha Omega as the president. You do work with Venture Sinai program at Mount Sinai Hospital. You run your book club. I said before, I think you're a very organized person. And, and that's how you're able to do a lot of this. But it's more than that. You're a giver. You love to give back. What do you love the most about being so service oriented? Because you have a, a full family, four boys, you you are working as a dentist, and yet you've somehow managed to find this time to do a lot of giving back. What do you love the most about it?
2: I think I feel in my life so fortunate and lucky for all the goodness that has come my way. I have a phenomenal husband and four kids that I adore, and I've just been really lucky and I feel like I need to share and give back. And because my life, I really believe in karma and giving out good karma. And I feel that I can help people in lots of different ways with the things that I do. And I should. And, and I love it. And it makes me feel good. Giving for me is almost as if I'm, I'm getting something. And I, and I truly, um, yeah, I
1: have a joy in giving back. It's so wonderful. And we're, we're so grateful to you for all of that. And um, you're also a reader. So I'm just going to ask you off the cuff. Are you reading a great book right now? And what is it?
2: Oh, so the book I just finished that I loved is The Push. I couldn't put it down for so many reasons. First of all, the chapters are three pages, which I love. When I get a 30-page chapter, it's a little overwhelming. The Push, I'd rather read than sleep with that book. So (laughs) if you guys haven't read The Push, I definitely recommend it. That was my number one in the last few weeks. I also just finished reading Dear Edward, and I also really like
1: that a lot as well. That's so fantastic. Laurel, just in closing about the dentistry, how does Optimum Dental Health contribute to a happier and healthier life?
2: Optimum Dental Health does a number of things. Number one, it increases self-esteem. Like if your teeth are clean and they look good and you feel good about it, um, it makes you feel better. We need our teeth to eat, right? So there's reason why we have to take care of our teeth. It's very difficult to eat if you didn't have your teeth you need your teeth for talking and speech. And so if you don't have all your teeth there, then that presents a problem. So there's many reasons why we need to take care of our teeth, which will increase our happiness and um, our self-esteem, really. And um, so if I can teach you anything today, and I know we talked about at the beginning, it's floss. Floss, 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 only floss the teeth you want to keep. And that if I, I tell all my patients that, If uh, you flossed every single night and you have all your teeth in your head right now, you should have all your teeth in your head when you're 100. That's the golden ticket. And um, that's what I would suggest.
1: I didn't mention heart healthy, staying, keeping your heart healthy, but there is a correlation. And I know you've studied this and you've looked at this. What would you say just briefly about how keeping your gums and your teeth healthy will actually improve your heart health?
2: So there's an association between gum health and heart health, and there's not a direct link, but people that have gum disease are two to three times more at risk for having a cardiovascular incident, like a stroke or a heart attack. And it may be because the risk factors are very similar, which is smoking and a poor diet. So those are things that are risk factors for gum disease. They're also risk factors for cardiovascular disease. Um, And it also could be that gingivitis causes chronic inflammation. And, And heart disease is also affected by that chronic inflammation. So that could also be one of the reasons why there's links. Um, But, another reason for us to be really cognizant of keeping our teeth super clean to make sure that we don't have what we call as a transient bacteremia. So anytime there's bleeding in your mouth we all have bacteria in our mouths. The bacteria can then go into your bloodstream and track to your heart. So it's in our best interest to make sure that your teeth are as clean as they possibly can be and that is by flossing and brushing and making sure you decrease that load of bacteria and decrease the amount of food that's stuck in between your teeth and on your teeth because bacteria eat that food. So if you think of it, I'm going to floss before I go to bed to make sure there's no food there. I'm going to starve the bacteria. If you starve those bacteria, they can't do the the damage that they do.
1: That's so great. What is bliss for Dr. Laurel? Oh, I would say being with
2: my husband and my four kids in Muskoka on my dock. <laughs> I think the one, the silver lining for me with um, COVID is being able to spend lots of family time together, where otherwise I may not have had all four of my Young adult children wanting to be with me, so now I'm just relishing it. <laughs> That's
1: so great. What is the best way for people to contact you to come to your your new clinic? Then the name of your clinic again. I have to
2: actually get my card because I don't even know the number off by heart. But the <laughs> office is called Midtown Dental Studio, and we are on the corner of Eglinton and Edith Avenue, and Edith is one street west of Duplex, so quite close to Young and Eglinton, to the Eglinton Subway, and the number is four one six. 481 That's fantastic. And social media, if people want to connect with you on social media, what's the best way? So we do have an Instagram account. It's called Midtown Dental
1: Studio. That's fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being here. It's really been so informative and so fun as always. And I really appreciate it. And thank you for being on Finding Your Bliss, Laurel.
2: Oh, thanks, Jude. It was my pleasure.
1: Great to see you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. We'll be back in a few moments with more of Finding Your Bliss. Back in a moment. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined by our next guest, Ara Wiseman, who is a leading nutritional expert, weight loss, and anti-aging specialist. For over 20 years, Ara's private practice has been focused on nutrition counseling for, and I love the things that she does, for anti-aging, hormonal imbalances, disease prevention and management, including type 2 diabetes. And Ara works at Connective Health and Performance in Forest Hill Village and at three medical clinics in Toronto. She also teaches nutrition at Transformational Arts College. She's written three books, Feed Your Body, Feed Your Soul, The Healing Option, and A Smoother You. And there's a quote from Feed Your Body, Feed Your Soul that I just love. And it is this our bodies are very forgiving. And when we stop our destructive habits and behaviors, nature will give us a whole new opportunity for a wondrous life. Oh, what a lovely quote. Ara, welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So, so thrilled that you're here. Yeah, thank you. I, I just mentioned this wonderful quote about how we are so unkind to our bodies. And it's so true. How do we break this destructive cycle? And what are the benefits of doing so?
0: So our attitude is what defines us, not the excess weight or our circumstances. If we don't feel as though we are worth it, we won't make any changes, right? And we, we end up making unhealthy choices. So in order to make changes, we need to feel good about ourselves and become our own cheerleader. When you're feeling stressed it's difficult to choose um healthier food to nourish ourselves right and instead we often choose like higher fat sodium and sugar laden foods um, that just give us like false emotional comfort right and then it's very fleeting and it ends up depleting us so when we're continuously depleting ourselves we're digging ourselves in deeper And then what happens is that we feel really worse in the end, you know, and so we need to do the opposite. And that's what I always tell my students as well. Do the opposite of what you're thinking and choose nutrient-dense, fiber-rich foods to replenish the nutrients lost from stress. And then that way we can go within and find what we need, which I always say is a real blessing because not everyone can.
1: I agree with so much of what you're saying. I think for a lot of people, myself included, what happens is we start off really strong. Like I'll start off with a perfect breakfast and a great salad for lunch and even a pretty good dinner. And then at about eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, in comes the cravings for the chips, for the black licorice. Yes, my favorite thing in the world. Um, For all those sorts of things. And I think that's where, I'm not thinking about dense, fiber-rich foods at eight o'clock at night. I'm thinking about, I need, Sugar. I need something, you know, just to end the day. And And what do we do when we have those cravings and those thoughts that are very real? They're almost like a physical sense, I think. Or is it something that we're just talking ourselves into and we can talk ourselves out of it?
0: Well, I think you've got to set yourself up to win, right? Like, First of all, black licorice is not an unhealthy thing to have. Um, Licorice is actually really good for the adrenals. But what I would say is to set yourself up to win. So have healthier options at home. And when we are depleted, like when we don't have enough minerals in our body, we tend to crave more sweets. And it depends on what you're eating during the day. Like If you're not Getting enough glucose and you're not getting enough um, hydration, then it's going to set you up for cravings later on. So it's really important to, you know, I always think about like food as energy, right? So if I'm going to put something in my body, I want it to be worth it. And, you know, and so I think it's just about setting yourself up to win and doing the opposite of what you think in those situations. And, choosing healthier things and you can still have chocolate. You can fight chocolate with chocolate and have something healthier. You can do raw cacao and you can, you know, one time I told a client to take bananas and cut them up and dip them into raw chocolate with, you know, a little bit of raw honey and put them in the freezer. And then you can have that. And that's a lot healthier than ice cream with all the sugar and the fat and everything. So I, I think, you know, I think it's just setting yourself up to win and making sure that you have enough minerals in your body. Otherwise you'll have cravings. That's
1: amazing. You also say being in the field of nutrition and health and having seen thousands of clients struggle with food and life experiences, illness, death of loved ones, you've learned a great deal about the effects of stress on aging. What are some tips on how to help us age gracefully and slow down the process of aging so we can live with more vitality and
0: passion? And I'm going to add another word, enjoyment. Absolutely. That's the whole thing, right? So it makes me think of a quote that one of my clients once said to me is that aging is a privilege not everyone gets to experience. And it's it stayed with me because, you know, it's like, we're not always going to make it to our 70s or our 80s. And, you know, even our 90s. And, you know, and it is a real privilege. And I think that most of us have never given thought on how to age well. So aging isn't something that just happens on your 65th birthday, right? It's accumulative. It's been happening over time. And it depends on how well we weather the storms in our lives, because we know that storms are going to come, but it's how we weather them that really makes the difference and how well your body has healed itself. You know, um, I always say that people walk around with a pebble in their shoe and they find ways to walk around it because they just accept that we're going to have some age related health issues and those aches and pains when we don't really have to have that, you know? And I think that like, emotionally we can worry ourselves to wrinkles you know and and that's part of the problem right it's it's our mind and it's the stress and it's how we're feeling and the interesting thing that i found when i was writing a book called the healing option is that when we're thinking our cells are actually listening because our cells our thoughts are producing a neuropeptide a chemical signal and our cells have a receptor for it so not to scare anyone but it's just that like when we're stressing and thinking those what if thoughts our cells are actually listening to us. And I think what we need to do is just spend some time alone, meditate, you know, have some time where you can just, you know, decompress and everything and learn to embrace your downtime. You know, someone said that to me once and I'm like, absolutely. You know, oftentimes we feel guilty for not doing something and just always be doing, you know, as opposed to just being, and our body really needs like fruits and vegetables and water and sunlight and fresh air and sleep, Sleep. you know, it's, it's huge.
1: I just want to go back to your weather, the storm line, because it's Mm -hmm. so important. How can we weather the storm with food and nutrition?
0: By doing the opposite. So an example of that is when my father was quite ill and I was at the hospital. Um, He passed away, unfortunately, but when I was visiting him, I did the opposite. I took the stairs instead of the elevator. I, you know, I had lots of water as opposed to drinking caffeinated beverages. You know, I brought skin cream with me. So when I was crying and stuff like that, I was able to, you know, not wrinkle from it. You know what I mean? I was constantly hydrating myself and I did things for myself that made me feel, Feel better while I was going through that, as opposed to just drinking a lot of coffee and you know smoking cigarettes for some people, and you know whatever that that addiction or that indulgence is, it's doing the opposite and setting Mm -hmm. ourselves up to win and not digging ourselves in deeper. So that when the situation is over, we weather the storm the best that we can. Not to say that there isn't anything residual, right? Mm -hmm. But it's you want to set yourself up so that you're actually taking care of yourself while you're going through a stressful experience
1: mm-hmm. i wanted to say of course again i'm so sorry about your dad ara oh, thank
0: it's you, thank you. terrible and yeah. this
1: happened to me as well so i really can relate to what yeah. that's like that's it's very tough stuff weight loss is a huge concern for so many people myself included and i struggle with it a lot and i'm just wondering what your approach to weight loss and healing is and what characterizes your approach And sets you apart from all the rest.
0: So I base it on your unique biochemistry. So I'm looking at, you know, it's not one size fits all. I'm kind of looking at you. I'm looking at where you carry your weight. I focus on reducing fat because most of us and most people are consuming way too much fat in their diet. And that's, that's the problem. And too much fat, we can't metabolize it properly. And what happens is that it wreaks havoc on our body, not to mention the liver. You know, it also thickens our blood. And a lot of people that I see have high blood pressure. And it's often lack of hydration, eating too much fat. And so our liver really plays a role in weight gain. And we don't really realize that. So my analogy for that is that you know when you have grease on your dishes you know you need soap to get the the grease off right so picture your liver your liver basically produces the dish soap the bile mm. to emulsify the grease so picture your liver on a step stool obviously washing dishes and getting <laughs> exhausted right we weaken it and we and we reduce our bile our bile reserves and then we're not digesting properly and then with not enough bile we're not producing enough hydrochloric acid and then we're mineral deficient and so What happens is that, and stress, right? Because we're all experiencing a lot of demands. You know, there's a lot going on in our world. So adrenaline floods our body. And what happens is that it saturates our liver. So our liver not only is full of poisons and toxic heavy metals and mercury and lead and viruses and bacteria, And plastics and pesticides and like the list can go on, Mm -hmm. but now it's flooded with all that adrenaline because we're chronically stressed and then our adrenals become dysregulated. So what I do is I help people remineralize their body. I also help them eat for where they are in their lives at this point. And it's not deprivation as opposed, you know, and it's, it's just refraining. I like the word refraining. I think it's a mature way of saying, you know, instead of restricting, (laughs) we're refraining. You know, and I think that that's important.
1: I love that. You have a really cool virtual nutrition online platform whereby you can connect to a registered nutritionist from anywhere, not having to race across town to an appointment. That sounds really appealing Uh, with a nutritionist. It can all be done online. Can you tell us a little bit more about this service and really what makes virtual nutrition unique?
0: So, um, for some people, it's easier to do a virtual session from the comfort of their homes, right? And some people have limitations that prevent them from leaving their home or their office. So, doing virtual sessions requires f- fewer adjustments to their schedules, right? And it eliminates commuting time. So, it's something we have all learned during the pandemic. I think that's really what prompted that. And what I can what I can say is that whatever accommodates or suits the client's needs to help them learn to take care of themselves and heal themselves on a deep deeper level through diet is amazing. And that's what I, that's what I do. So, and I can help people all over the world. So that's my, I feel like it's a gift in some ways to have that, that access. So how do you track
1: your progress when you're doing this? So you're not coming in and getting weighed on a scale with you per se, or are you, and how do you track your progress and stay on track?
0: So I'm really accessible. I always tell people I'm in your pocket. So I'm here once you sign up with me. Once I send you the meal plan and the recommendations and the recipes and everything, I usually do another 15-minute virtual call to go over everything so it's not too daunting. And then it's just a matter of... um, you know, um, keeping people on track, like staying in touch with them every week, finding out how they're doing, if they have any questions, if anything needs to be changed, getting them to take their measurements, because when you lose body fat, you lose inches around your waist. And, um, so the scale weight isn't always correct. You know, I'm looking at the body fat percentage as well. I mean, it's, it's a combination and both tend to fluctuate. So it's just about, you know, helping people however they need to help need help. It's like when I'm teaching nutrition, some students are more virtual learners. So I, I basically mm-hmm. cater what I'm doing to help them so that we can get the best results.
1: Individual. Yeah. Do you believe in weighing every day or weighing once a week? What's your uh, advice with regards to that?
0: it depends on your personality. So if it's an all or nothing personality where you'll see a little bit of weight gain and then you're off, you know, because it could be something that's just happening, whether it's your menstrual cycle or whatever else is going on. Um, then, then I suggest not to, or if you've had any kind of disordered eating, um, I suggest not to, but depending on the person, like when someone comes to see me in the clinic, I weigh them when they come, if they want to be weighed and if I'm dealing with somebody who's younger and has to lose weight, I, I don't often weigh them because I don't, wanna, I don't want them to develop a, an eating disorder. So I don't want to mm-hmm. focus on that. I'm focusing on health and weight comes off as a result of that.
1: How did you know in grade four that this is what you wanted to do for the rest of your life?
0: So funny enough, my uncle had gout and it was like a rich man's disease back then because people couldn't afford meat. And so I helped him heal through diet. And I would soak his feet in Epsom salts and I really helped him. And nutrition and health just seemed to come so naturally to me. And I just realized it was my purpose and my passion. So it's not wonderful to know that at such a young
1: age. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel
0: really blessed for that. Absolutely. That's so. That's so cool. Thank
1: you. So, I was just curious about this. What does it mean to be a plant-based nutritional expert and a frequency therapist? What do those terms mean?
0: So, with plant-based nutrition, um, plants actually have a lot of phytonutrients in them, which are antioxidants. So, I actually use plants to help people heal because I like to saturate people's bodies with a lot of nutrients um, and having like having that said as a plant-based nutritionist I still put meat on people's diets I mean you know and everything else but I cut down on people's fat considerably that's one thing but I saturate their bodies with a lot of fiber and nutrients and chlorophyll and omega 3s that are found in plants and that's one of the things that I like to focus on and and antioxidants help to get rid of the oxidative stress which also help with aging mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. I love, there's a blog post and we won't go too uh, heavy in this because I know we're coming to the end of our time, but you have a blog, blog post where you write willpower. Where does it go when we need it most? How do we strengthen the willpower muscle? Just briefly, what can we do?
0: So fiber, fiber helps to stabilize your blood sugar. And when your blood sugar is stabilized, then that's where your willpower is. It's, it's that simple. We just don't get enough fiber because most people are eating too much animal protein. And animal protein is primarily fat. And then you're full from it and you're not getting enough fiber. So, you know, and setting yourself up to win, as I said earlier, like don't have ice cream or peanut butter if that's your weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, set yourself up to win. You can have everything, but just have healthier versions of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so cool. Do you believe in intermittent fasting? So intermittent fasting works because you're not having fat in the morning and you're giving your liver a little bit of a rest. So I think it's not a bad idea for some people, but not intermittent fasting with having, um, coffee, you know, coffee, you know, floods our body with adrenaline and it's not good for us and it depletes us. So if you want to intermittent fast, have fruit, fruit is chock full of nutrients and we want to look plump and juicy, like younger people. (laughs) So in order to stay plump and juicy, we want to look like a piece of fruit, right? So that's the thing.
1: That's so cool. (laughs) Very briefly, can you tell us about your suggestion for taking a 20 minute break between three and five when cortisol levels are lower?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I wish they'd instill a siesta, right? That would be amazing. Um, I think everyone should do that. I think going for a walk, getting some fresh air. If you can take your shoes off, if you're not working in a building and you can put your feet in the earth, And you just kind of resonate with the earth's frequency, taking a deep breath, turning off your devices and giving yourself a a break and, and embracing that time, you know, eating at your desk is not a healthy thing to do, right? We need to get outside. We need that sunlight. Absolutely.
1: I love that. What is bliss for our (laughs) Wiseman?
0: Traveling. I love to travel. I wish I could be traveling right now. I love traveling. I love eating super healthy food and having someone else make it. I love doing yoga. I love not having to be responsible for everybody. I love just taking that time off and having some downtime and reading a book and not reading a nutrition book, reading a fiction book. What
1: is the best way for people to contact you and follow you on social media and, and maybe get um, connected to your wonderful virtual nutrition program where you can actually not leave your home and get um, into some healthier habits and lose weight and do whatever it is that you're looking to do?
0: So they can go to my website, um, which is www.arawiseman.com. They can email me directly at info at arawiseman.com. They can text me. A lot of people text me at 416-876-8155. Um, social media. I'm I'm R. Wiseman Nutrition on Instagram. Um, I'm not that great at posting. I need somebody to help me do that. <laughs> um, but um, and on and on Facebook, it's R. Wiseman Nutrition and Healing.
1: So that's fantastic. Do you have just yeah. one closing golden nugget for people on how to age more gracefully and be more healthy? Like a quick one.
0: So I would say, um, you know, accept what is you know, find peace with what is and enjoy your life because it's shorter than we think. And as I said, at the very beginning, aging is a privilege. Not all of us get to experience. So just embrace it, enjoy your time and feel good about who you are. And even if you're not perfect, just feel good about yourself because you've gotten this far and it's a blessing.
1: That's absolutely true. Thank you so much, uh, Aura Wiseman, for being here today. Really fascinating, wonderful, healthy stuff. I'm going to throw away my Diet Coke right now and go have some water. Thank Thank you, Aura. Thank you, Aura. It's so great. We're going to go on a short commercial break more with Finding Your Bliss and our featured artist, singer Jonah Fleischer when we come back. Back in a moment.
3: Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
1: We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. We're joined now by the very talented singer Jonah Fleischer. Jonah Fleischer is a second year economics student at Western University. He graduated high school from Upper Canada College in May 2020. He has loved singing since he was young and has always enjoyed performing in both his school and camp plays and musicals. His most recent roles include Galileo, in We Will Rock You, a joint UCC and BSS production, and Marius in Les Misérables at Camp Manitou. So, here is Jonah Fleischer right now singing the classic Rod Stewart hit, Have You Ever Seen The Rain, accompanied by his brother, Zach Fleischer. Jonah Fleischer, take it away. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Wow, that was fantastic, Jonah. Love that. Thank you so much for singing for us today. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you are a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at FYB at We also encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss Magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we're excited to announce that coming up next week on the program, we have chef and founder of the Delicious Dish Cooking School, Carolyn Tanner Cohn, and award-winning singer from CTV's The Launch, Ethan Young. Also, if you're looking for the perfect gift, think about the Bliss Bracelet, which is more than just a bracelet. For more information, go to findingyourbliss.com shop. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Laurel Linetsky-Fleischer, R. Wiseman, and our singer today, Jonah Fleischer. Thank you all for being on the show today. And thank you to Meg Ruffman, to producer Siobhan Kylie, senior editor Haley Allegia, and our wonderful new intern, Lauren Kaminsky. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. And of course, to everyone here at Zoomer, this show has been recorded by Squadcast. I would love to leave you all with a bliss quote for the day. And here it is. Positive emotions nourish us. Be frivolous from time to time. It's essential. And discover what makes you come alive and brings more joy into your life. For everyone here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your
0: bliss.